pretty much their entire lineup due to COVID. And uh, we're going to have a stoppage here. Oh, we got a dog, dog on the field. That's a new one. I wonder if he's going to play in the position K9. I mean, it's not CCL unless there's a dog on the field, right? That's how you do comedy. Stuart Holden, K9 position. A very special football Americas. No, 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 no. It is our second birthday today. Two-year anniversary. My voice is going to get shot if I do the iconic, the iconic football Americas. I got you. I got you. I got you. Please? I got you. Do the honors. Football America. We're, we're all still here. We're still here. My man, Mauricio Pedrosa, Sebi Salazar. I know you're watching, holding a baby, probably yes. on your iPhone. Put down the iPhone, pick up Rafael. Who's the baby in the house? Well, well. Who's the baby in the house? Anyways, it's good to have you, my man. How you doing? I'm happy to be back. Uh, shout out to Cristina Alexander. Yes. Did an amazing job here as well. And we have an amazing show for you live on ESPN Plus. A conversation with LA Galaxy's Ricky Puch up next. Ricky Puch. Um, on Wednesday, it was International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. On Football Americas, we always recognize women, especially in Obvio. soccer. And we have a very, very special guest, Ali Riley, will join the show as well from your very own Angel City Football Club. Um, let's get started, shall we? Champions League. Well, yeah, we don't have MLS, but we do have we Champions League. We do have CONCACAF. CONCACAF Champions League Champions highlights. League. Let's get started with the highlights. And we go to the Dominican Republic. Yes, the Dominican Republic. That was the venue for Austin to make their debut in CONCACAF Champions League. And it didn't start well, Herc. No, it's a, a very good ball in. Listen, Austin made wholesale changes. Lots of different uh, subs here. Again. Into the box. Misha, neither Sherry, the second for him. Vial led the team for Haiti, from Haiti. Again, playing in Cibao, the Dominican Republic. Let's go to the Bao, second Bao. half. This is the start of the second half. Yeah. Stop what you're doing, yes. Oh, yes. no. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. You oh, cannot. Yes. Oh, no. Whatever you do, don't hurt your team like that. No. Amro Tarek with the own goal, and it was 3-0. Violet. Bidding Austin. Now, moving on. We go to Honduras. Olympia hosting Atlas. This is Jorge Alvarez with the pass. And Kevin Lopez, left foot. Olympia, they've been doing really well since September 4th. Only three losses overall. And here they take the lead early in the game. And then this handball will be checked by VAR. The ref says penalty. And it is Ismail El Fat with a call and Julio Furch scoring 1-1. Yeah, everything back to normal for Atlas, or so you would think. And then a dangerous through ball. This is all body. Body him up. And then Camilo Vargas can only see that go by. Ridiculous finish. Jorge Benguche scores. And it's 2-1 for Olympia now. Alejandro Gomez commits the foul. Another VAR check, another penalty, and the legend, Bengston, converts from the spot 
makes it 3-1 for Olympia. Yeah, Jerry Bankston, who is a Revs legend. And how about this for a second? Oh. What a just delicate, saucy little chip. Camilo Vargas could only see it go by. Look at this. Presence of mind, strength, speed, sees a goalkeeper commit and scoops it right over him. It will be a win for Olympia in Honduras, 4-1, first leg, round of 16. Which one, Herc, was the bigger embarrassment by Austin FC or by Atlas de Guadalajara? Well, they're, they're both embarrassing, but for different reasons. But if you're going to go with the biggest embarrassment, it's got to be Austin FC here. First off, let's, first off, first is first. Violet, Violet AC, um, congratulations. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to the Haitian team who was forced due to safety concerns to play outside of Haiti. They played actually in the Dominican Republic in El Estadio de Cibao. Cibao, my friends, shout out. Yeah, your, shout out to your friends. But when you look at the roster for Austin FC, compared to the roster of Violet, a team that their last competitive match was March of last year, almost 300 days. And not only do they beat you, but they smash you because of your arrogance. They take it to you. They humiliate you in a way that you've not been humiliated in quite some time until the last humiliation that you had, which was actually when you decided to start an alternate lineup in the U.S. Open Cup and lost to San Antonio in a similar fashion. It's Austin FC for the arrogance. It's Austin FC because if you put up that lineup, or I shouldn't even say lineup, that roster, one to what, 30, whatever you want, mm -hmm. versus the roster, of Violet, whatever you want. It doesn't stack up. On paper, you're worth so much more. You went in in an arrogant fashion and you were made to pay for it. Violet's first win in this competition since I believe 2008, 2009, there you go. It was a historic smash, beatdown by the Haitian team. You're not wrong in terms of what it means for uh, the team from Haiti. I mean, you got a tip, tip of the cap for them, right? Amazing result. But the bigger embarrassment has to be Atlas. You said something that to me is key. Austin FC, they didn't play their starters. Atlas! Atlas, who went back to back in Liga MX a year ago. They played almost all their starters, except one, which we will talk about it in just a second. That's Julian Quinones. But, but the rest of the team, 80% of the team that started, it's actually the team that won the league back to back. I'm glad you mentioned that. And yes, yes, Olympia, they have been doing really well. I don't want to disrespect them. But when you present yourself as the back-to-back -back champs of Liga MX, the most powerful league in the region, and you get your rear-end, rear end, because I was going to say another word, which I know you don't want me to say, whoop like that, that is the bigger embarrassment, and it is the bigger embarrassment because this has already been a very, very bad season for Atlas. Benjamin Mora, the manager, is, is, is he going away like Thanos or something? Uh, so you mentioned Atlas, bicampeón. So they won two back-to-back -back championships. Since they won those back-to-back -back championships, listen to what I'm going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, they haven't been bad. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. 30 games have gone by in league in the Campeones Cup versus uh, New York City FC and in CONCACAF Champions League. 30 games, they've only won four. They're winless in the last 10. This isn't a surprise, Mal. No, it shouldn't but it be adds, a surprise. But, but, but it adds to the embarrassment that they have been. A surprise is Austin. A surprise is facing a team 
this Haitian team of Violet's AC that has not had a competitive match in almost 300 days. Mao, for Josh Wolf and company to trot out that lineup and expect the results, they got what they deserved, and it's humiliating. Well, exactly. They got for what they deserved. For a league trying to seek relevance in the region. I mean, no disrespect to Austin FC, but, I mean, how long have they, have, have they been around in Major League Soccer? A couple of years, right? But well, that doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It does matter because history matters. No, it history doesn't. matters. So Austin FC is just like, it is the first time that they are part of a tournament like this. Atlas has played Copa Libertadores three times, right? No, they have they... been around for 70 years. You have a history that you have to take care and of. And they've been bad for almost 70 years. Well, so if you I mean, they haven't history, won. It's, I mean, they I mean, haven't been, they have been have, really have good for years. You footballers on right? one end who but, smashed a professional team who, by the way, made the semi, or I shouldn't even say semifinals because that's not how they refer to it. They made the Western Conference final, the semifinal of their league, and they get beat in this manner against a team that hasn't played in 300 days. But when you play Atlas, you know what it is here? It's another, it's another form of arrogance. Except this oh, time, yeah. it's not on Austin's part. It's on your part. Because you think <laughs> just because they're a Mexican team, yes. they should smash Olympia. Yes, yes, absolutely, 100%. And if you want to call it arrogance, fine. I'm totally fine with it. I just call it facts, right? <laughs> facts. <laughs> the league that has won the most CONCACAF Champions League, it's been Liga MX. So... Um, you, you said it. If you're not going to play your starters, yes, you earn that. But if you play your starters, that's even worse. Now, talking about starters, Julian Quinones was nowhere to be seen. Well, we, we saw him on the bench. Right. And we thought, well, eventually he has to play. He didn't. And this is Benjamin Mora, the manager, and Aldo Rocha, the captain, trying to make sense of it. Sí, él manifestó que no estaba al 100% para, para estar. Eh, pidió comprensión para, para no participar eh, y esa es la razón no, no está lesionado él manifestó que no estaba al 100% para jugar o sea, si no hay ninguna lesión física en eso manifestó que no estaba al 100% para jugar no, en realidad no no me gustaría ese tema tocarlo a mí me gustaría que se lo preguntaran directamente a él so that last those last words by Aldo Rocha, the captain, right? Why don't you go and ask him? He's the captain, right? This is just, just not another player. Yeah. What do you make? What do you make of the whole situation? If you saw it played down in real time, you actually saw him asked or be asked multiple times, and there were other uh, interviews that he gave where he was much more not in agreement with Quinones' decision. I'm talking about Aldo Rocha. So when the team captain is stating something in that way. And the body language that I saw, it leads me to believe maybe he didn't trust his body, that he wasn't physically fit on something, or maybe it's he wasn't in the right headspace. Whatever the case may be, it tells me that something's not right in the locker room. Aldo Rocha is clearly expressing a frustration with Quinones, a frustration with the situation that this Atlas team is in. I've already mentioned the last 30 games, how bad they've been for a team that was a bicampeon, a back-to-back champion in Liga MX not too long ago. And that they kept the core of the team. And they kept the majority of this team. So what you're seeing here is a frustrated player, captain, speaking about another frustrated player, Quinones, who's one of the most exciting players in Liga MX, who obviously we've heard rumors of him wanting out. This is a, I know I've used the term dumpster fire before, but... It, it's, it's not a good situation for Atlas and their faithful, and clearly not for Quinones and Aldo Rocha. Um, I don't want to speculate because we don't have any further information, but I think in this case, the manager 
they have to be upfront with the information because if not, and we're not going to do this, we're not going to speculate on what's going on with either with him personally or as a part of a team. But it's just a bad look. And it's such a bad look at this moment when the team needs him the most because when Atlas won those two leagues back to back, if he was not the best player, he was top three of their best players and he was a well, big part of their success. You asked Chivas, you asked Tigres, you asked... Who was the guy? Who was the guy? He was the man. Yeah. He, was, he was Julian Quinones. Uh, hopefully something clear will come out out of this. Uh, moving on to another game. Tigres, one of the big candidates, hosting Orlando at El Volcán. Amazing environment as always. Your former club, Herc. Gignac is back. Here's the pass to Gorriarán, and then Gignac again, saved by who would eventually be the man of the match, Pedro Galese. Yeah, he's complaining here that he may have got a little shove right there. I didn't see anything there. Galese on the spot. Cordoba right there. Gignac again. Galese probably could have caught it. Uh, very active throughout the night, though. Yeah, playing it safe. Didn't want to run any risk. Still nil-nil. 34th minute, Juan Pablo Vigón. What happened to Andre Pierre Gignac? Yeah, he should have used the left foot, went for the karate kick with the right. Vigon, who got the start ahead of Cordoba. And then you see right here, again, big opportunity. Samir, the center back up there. And then Orlando with an opportunity right here, Mal. Final at the 58-minute mark. And now the save is by Nahuel Guzman, El Paton. El Paton coming up big as he has all season. Andre Pierre Gignac after one-time finish right here, 78th minute. To the hands of Galese. They had their opportunities. Linus. On the field with a pass and another save by Pedro Galese, this time after the long distance attempt by Cordoba. Nil nil. It's been not a great stretch for Tigres. Yeah. Only three goals scored in the last five games. That's right. Calm or alarm with, shall I say, Lalimo Chima, La if you can explain. Chima Ruiz is the head coach, <laughs> the new. It's not an interim. He's the head coach of Tigres after Diego Coca, who's now the Mexican national team manager, ended up leaving Tigres for the Mexican national team. Chima Ruiz takes over, and they start off strong. The yep. first game, it was a 4-2 scoreline versus Pumas. Goals galore. They almost bottled that game. They were up 3-0 at half. Pumas came back 3-2. But this is an alarm. You already mentioned the three goals in five games. This is arguably one of the best rosters in all of Liga MX. This roster actually oh, holds... Gaff, maybe. Maybe. This roster actually holds the last three Golden Boot winners in Liga MX. Uh, Nico Ibáñez, André Pierre Gignac, and Nico López, El Diente López. Then you add in the likes of Córdoba, Diego Laines, Guido Pizarro, Aquino, Quiñones. It's a star-studded team. To be in this situation where the best player for my money today is Nahuel Guzmán tells you something. It's alarm for sure. Yeah, uh, remember when we talked to Miguel Herrera on Ahora o Nunca, former Tigres manager, and I wondered and I asked him, how tough is it to manage such a powerful locker room like Tigres. Yeah, a lot of personalities. Like he said, a lot of pers strong personalities. Yes. They've been together for a long time. And he said it wasn't easy. I'm not saying they have anything against Chima Ruiz, the current manager. But let's remember, the idea was that Diego Coca handled the team. Yeah. He quit to go and manage the Mexican national team. I believe you need a strong personality as a manager. Tuca Ferretti was there for a long time, and eventually he got a hold of it, and they won a lot. The team of the almost a decade, I want to say, oh, in Mexican soccer. But if you, if you want to have 
a roster like this, you need a strong personality as a leader. And I just don't think Chima Ruiz is that. So to me, is they said they want to wait till the end of the season to name a new manager. I think they have to push that and move faster because they need a a different type of manager right now. Absolutely. You saw the very first two games with Diego Coca. It was Santos in, uh, in El TSM, in Torreon, where they've not won in quite some time. They beat him easily. Uh, multiple goals, 3-0, I believe, scoreline. And then they play against Pachuca, scored and dropped four on Pachuca. This is a team that's very potent going forward, but I agree with you. Reports of Nuno speed to the Santos, yeah. Wolves and, and Spurs coach being in the mix. It's the type of coach personality-wise, that you need to manage what is a group of egos. Which then bears the question, do you need someone that actually knows the league, that, ha that has previously worked in Liga MX, or are you going to run the risk and bring someone like Nuno Spiritu Santo? That's what former players keep saying. Let's go and check out the rest of the results. Round of 16, first leg. CONCACAF Champions League, a couple of games being played as we speak. Leon. Beating Tauro away, Vancouver, great victory against Real España, 5-0. Nil-nil for Alianza and Philadelphia Union. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, Board. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With great pleasure. Great, great pleasure. Great pleasure. One of LA's biggest stars, Ricardo Ricky Pooch. No, no, I said Ricky Pooch, but uh, Ricky Pooch. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a Ricky, second. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are Muchas you? Gracias. Muy bien. Ricky, we're going to start off. We're gonna do a little dynamic. It's called Insta VAR. We want to start off with something Insta fun. Insta VAR. Okay. VAR. So we're gonna go into your Instagram and check out some of the coolest moments and see what you're up to. First one, as you can see on the screen, this is you being bored in Los Angeles. Con chicharito. 
La verdad que uno de mis grandes apoyos en el vestuario y uno de los mejores jugadores pues, que he tenido dentro de un vestuario y fuera. We saw the report that you felt Los Angeles was boring. Obviously, it wasn't the correct report. You clarified that. But what do you like to do in LA in your time off? Sí, eso en, en, de mi boca no ha salido. La verdad que aburrido aquí no se puede estar. Puedes hacer de todo y la verdad que es una ciudad donde se está muy bien y se está muy cómodo. Um, la suerte es que tengo, pues eh, cada mes me vienen a visitar familiares o también mi novia y la verdad que estoy muy bien, puedo hacer todo tipo de, de, de deportes que a mí me gustan también pues hacer en, en Barcelona y la verdad que aquí los campos de golf son brutales y, y también como hoy que le retiran la camiseta a Pau Gasol pues tengo el, el privilegio de ir al Crypto Arena a verlo en directo. Age playing at La Masia, and it's 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 very well known. It has a reputation, yeah. right? Uh, not only for building up very good players, but also a style. What do you remember the most about your time growing up in La Masia? Bueno, eh, es como un estatus. Cuando tú vienes de un club tan grande como el Barcelona, pues creo que les tengo que dar las gracias porque soy el jugador que soy gracias a ellos. Creo que pues he crecido en una de las mejores escuelas del fútbol. Creo que en Europa pues todo el mundo también lo puede reconocer. Y la verdad que estuve dos años viviendo en La Masía con mi compañero Jordi Boula. Y la verdad que fue una experiencia brutal que me llevo de los mejores años de mi vida de momento, que aún soy joven, que tengo 23 años. Pero la verdad que aprendí mucho, eh, crecí como jugador y también como persona al separarme de mis padres joven y ir a Masía a vivir. You know, one of the greatest examples an academy player can have, especially at La Masía, is seeing other players not only graduate from that system, but succeed. One of the biggest players, if not the biggest players, to succeed at La Masía is Lionel Messi. Hey. Here's you with Messi, ridiculous trophy room that you're there with. Give me the experiences of playing with Messi and maybe having seen him while you were there, witnessing him win a World Cup. Bueno, eh, yo cuando era joven y, y iba a entrenar, pues yo era fan de Messi. Hasta que un día pues estaba entrenando en el juvenil y me decían, me dijeron que tenía que ir a entrenar al primer equipo. Claro, eh, yo entré al campo y vi a todos mis eh, jugadores que yo desde que soy pequeño pues eh, les he visto ganando Champions, Ligas y la verdad que por mí pues fue uno de mis eh, sueños más grandes de mi vida eh, poder entrenar con ellos, compartir pues eh, trofeos, partidos, la verdad que, que fue impresionante y la verdad que ahora creo que ya nadie puede pues eh, cuestionar que ha sido el mejor jugador de la historia ya tiene pues eh, el último trofeo que a lo mejor la gente le decía que, que le faltaba y la verdad que, que ha hecho historia Uh, the next picture is someone you know really well, and it, and it is you hanging out with Gerard Piqué. <laughs> and when we talk about players that mean a lot for a certain club, got a little headlock there. Piqué <laughs> certainly means a lot for Barcelona, regardless yeah. of the way his career finished. And now he's embarked in a different uh, aspect of his life, being a part of this new and very popular league, right? Yeah. Uh, What can you tell us about, first of all, your relationship with uh, Gerard Piquet? And how do you see him now in this new era of his life? 
Bueno, eh, Gerard Piqué para mí pues, eh, fue como un hermano eh, mayor. La verdad que desde que entré en el vestuario pues, me trató súper bien. Eh, creo que tuvimos pues, eh, una relación súper buena. Creo que me ayudó muchísimo también en mis eh, momentos difíciles. Eh, él también pues, tuvo que irse del Barcelona y luego volver. Y él también me dijo que el fútbol pues, a veces eh, no se acaba en el Barcelona, que a veces también tienes que ir a otros sitios para formarte como jugador y como persona. Y tema pues, eh, futbolístico y de carrera, creo que es uno de los jugadores eh, de la historia del fútbol que, que creo que lo tiene todo, creo que lo ha ganado todo, creo que la gente y, y, y sus fans... Eh, para ellos es uno de los jugadores o defensas mejores de la historia y creo que los números pues eh, están ahí. Let's talk about your time here in LA, shall we? Yeah. And let me start with this. You know this really well. Yes, I do. When it was announced that you were joining the Galaxy, we did a segment actually on the show. Well, we did a segment during the halftime at League's Cup. That's right. For the world That's to right. see. Yes. At SoFi Stadium. That's right. And we were trying to figure out what what were true expectations regarding the arrival of Ricky Puch at the LA Galaxy. And I, I remember reading reports, and I went with those reports from Barcelona that said, Ricky Puch maybe was not the best teammate with his time at Barcelona. Maybe not great in the locker room. He could have been so much better, but never reached the expectations. And I thought, if he's coming here at a very young age, to a very tough league, only hard for him to succeed. I have my doubts. And you have proven those doubters wrong. Oh, he's proven you wrong. I didn't have any doubts. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> naming you. If you want to jump in this bandwagon, well, you're more than welcome. But you proved me wrong. Were those reports inaccurate? And what did you do to make your time here so far successful, as it has been for you now? Bueno, creo que tuve a lo mejor mala suerte en el sentido de que eh, estuve en una época del Barcelona donde no ganamos eh, muchos títulos. También veníamos de, de un triplete y un sextete con, eh, con Messi, Neymar y Suárez. Y todo lo que venía, pues luego a lo mejor eh, a los fans y al Barcelona les sabía poco. Creo que era una de las mejores épocas del club. Y pues al club, pues a eso también... A, yo que estuve ahí también fueron años difíciles, eh, cambiamos de entrenador pues cuatro veces eh, y la verdad que yo me sentí que a lo mejor no tuve, sí que tuve oportunidades pero un jugador para intentar pues destacar y, y, y dar lo mejor de él necesita un poco de constancia, tú le puedes dar oportunidades a un jugador pero también necesitas constancia que si en un partido lo hace mal pues darle la confianza que el día siguiente pues puede jugar otros 90 minutos sin reprocharle nada de otro, otro partido que a lo mejor lo hiciera mal y la verdad que, que fue, un, fue un tramo difícil pero la verdad que, que también me ayudó mucho como jugador, aprendí muchísimo y la verdad que eh, me hizo ver que, que dar un paso hacia adelante o venir aquí o, o ir a otro club, pues a lo mejor lo tenía que haber hecho antes para crecer como jugador. I never had a doubt that you would do well in Major League Soccer, because I love the confidence, but I didn't think you would adjust this well. You recently said you wanted to be League MVP. Mm -hmm. I love that confidence. One, do you think you could become League MVP with this Galaxy? And what I mean by that is right now, the team that you have, if it doesn't change, that's a team that you will have for the rest of the year. You're not allowed to make any moves in the summer. Do you think you have enough right now to help you become MVP? 
Mm, yo creo que sí. Ya lo he dicho muchas veces. Creo que el fútbol creo que es un deporte de equipo. Creo que tenemos un, un buen equipo. Eh, yo creo que aún eh, los fichajes aún pues pueden venir aún ayudas al club y creo que tenemos aún alguna esperanza de que llegue algún jugador y hacer pues el equipo más competitivo pero creo que tenemos estoy rodeado de jugadores que han jugado en Europa muchos años y esto también hace que, que el equipo tenga mucho nivel y como he dicho creo que yo tengo muchas ganas de ser el mejor jugador de la liga hacer historia en esta liga y voy a, a currármelo muchísimo a trabajar duro para serlo it was so easy for you to transition so smoothly into Major League Soccer because you hit the ground running and it was goals, mm -hmm. it was assists very quickly. Most players take time to acclimate into Major League Soccer. Bueno, eh, creo que tenía muchas ganas ya de demostrar. Llevaba pues a lo mejor un año sin jugar mucho eh, y un jugador a mi temprana edad pues lo que necesita es jugar, tener minutos, eh, experiencias y llegué aquí y el mister pues me dio mucha confianza eh, me dijo que tenía que jugar como él pues me vio en el cadete en el juvenil o en el Barça B y la verdad que los primeros partidos me fueron muy bien, me ayudaron muchísimo los compañeros y la verdad que cuando vine pues también me sorprendió muchísimo porque también pues el equipo dio mucho nivel, creo que de nueve partidos solo perdimos uno uh -huh. y, y por mala suerte perdimos en semifinales con el FC pero creo que fue un partido un poco injusto ¿Injusto? Yo creo que tuvimos muchas más ocasiones y sobre todo el primer tiempo creo que tuvimos dos o tres eh, oportunidades muy claras para ponernos delante y es verdad que a lo mejor concedimos pues alguna ocasión que a la, que a la verdad que, que fue un poco injusto por nosotros y una vez pues remontamos el partido y empatamos el partido eh, creo que el, la última jugada que nos marcan el gol de córner creo que fue bastante injusto. Uh, how big was for that transition of you doing well, playing with someone like Javier Hernández, playing for, uh, with, with someone like Chicharito? And you've mentioned that he's been really good for you off the field. But yeah. let's talk about the partnership on the field, because if we ask Chicharito right now, he would probably say the same, that he enjoys playing with someone that can assess the way you do. But how, how important was it for you to have someone like him? playing alongside you at the Galaxy. Bueno, eh, yo vivo de sus goles porque yo tengo que hacerle las asistencias y la verdad que a lo mejor él también vive de mis asistencias. Eh, y la verdad que, que como he dicho, creo que dentro del campo pues desde el primer día pues tuvimos un feeling pues espectacular. Creo que me entiende mucho a la hora de, de yo hacer los movimientos y a la vez de levantar la cabeza pues él sabe dónde moverse para yo darle el, el pase bueno y creo que eso pues eh, se nota muchísimo creo que pues eh, los primeros partidos creo que ya la gente vio la conexión que teníamos y la verdad que solo le tengo pues palabras de agradecimiento porque me trata muy bien y dentro del vestuario es un crack you just said one of your uh, teammates joined Barcelona B mm -hmm. Barcelona Athletic Julián Araujo Julián yeah. who plays for the Mexican national team was your teammate here at the Galaxy how do you think that transition will be for Julián you've obviously seen the level in Barcelona, in La Liga, do you think you can transition well and find a, uh, a first team place? Sí, yo creo que Julián es un jugador eh, de características eh, perfecto para el Barcelona. Creo que es un lateral con, con mucha llegada al área y eso pues eh, 
bueno, lo hemos visto to toda la vida, creo que el Barcelona siempre ha jugado con, con laterales muy largos, como Dani Alves, eh, como Jordi Alba, creo que es pues eh, jugadores que necesita el Barça y creo que últimamente pues también les faltaba. Y creo que Julián Araujo pues, es una, puede ser una pieza clave para el futuro del Barcelona y que les puede ayudar muchísimo. No sé si lo hiciste, pero ¿le diste algún consejo sobre ser un fútbol club Barcelona player? ¿Qué hacer? ¿Quién hablar? ¿Quién no hablar? ¿Le diste algún consejo a Julián Araujo? Bueno, la primera de todas creo que, que fue que, que ni se lo pensara, que tenía que ir sí o sí, porque creo que es una experiencia para él brutal. Eh, y la otra que se cambiara el pelo de color rojo y se la pusiera, se la pusiera de, de su color porque ahí en Barcelona cuando vas a cenar o cuando las cosas no van bien la gente te reconoce sí. y sabe quién eres y le dije lo mejor que puedes hacer el primer año es pasar un poco desapercibido Look, we know you got, you got to hang out with Pau Gasol He's yeah. got a big moment coming up so we're going to let you go just before we let you go okay. Clásicos coming up We've yeah. had a few already okay, Barcelona, Real Madrid We know that there are two people who've been in that rivalry. Okay, mm -hmm. You, yourself, Ricky Puch, and Javier Hernández, Chicharito. Any bets going on, any bets that will happen for this uh, game, this big matchup? Bueno, eh, la verdad que yo tengo pues muchos compañeros en el Barcelona y siempre pues eh, espero que les vaya lo mejor posible. Creo que siempre tendré buenas palabras para ellos porque han sido pues eh, mis compañeros durante muchos años y espero que puedan ganar al, al Madrid porque creo que este año están haciendo muy buena temporada. Hemos tenido pues a lo mejor mala suerte en Europa, pero creo que ahora pues uh, tienen una oportunidad perfecta en el Camp Nou para ganar al Madrid. ¿Ninguna apuesta con Chicharito? No, no. Somos más del Galaxy, la verdad. Eh, estamos, estamos centrados en nuestro equipo, que mi equipo es el Galaxy. Y la verdad que a veces el Barcelona está un poco más de fondo cuando nos estamos vestiendo o estamos haciendo tratamiento en el club que más eh, de hacer apuestas a ver quién gana. Bueno, perfecto. Ricky, Muchas thank gracias. you so much. Best of luck this season to thank you and the Galaxy. Okay. Speaking of El Clásico, Barcelona will host Real Madrid March 19th. That's on a Sunday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on ESPN+. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. News regarding Lionel Messi. It seems like he's inching closer to a move to Major League Soccer, specifically to Inter Miami, according to a report by The Athletic. In the report, manager Phil Neville even talks about the things that would need to change in order to accommodate Messi in the team and how MLS commissioner has even said that the league and the team would have to think outside the box to craft a deal to land Lionel Messi in South Beach. 
Lionel Messi taking his talents to South Beach. It seems like a true possibility. Now, you just, you just did that. Of course, oh. I, I had to do it. And I hope he does it in the press conference and says the exact same Boys thing. and Girls Club, yeah. Now, um, Paris Saint-Germain was just eliminated from the UEFA Champions League. They lost to Bayern. Well, yeah, because it's March, and that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. Do you believe that actually brings this possibility closer that Lionel Messi plays Major League Soccer in the near future? Absolutely. Next season. Absolutely. According this to the Athletic, season. an article that Pablo Mar and Felipe Carnes uh, wrote, a source within Inter Miami told them, that it was all but done, waiting on Messi. PSG out again. That's two for two at this stage in the round of 16, League, round back of 16 years, yep. with Messi. That's five of the last seven years. Uh, it's not going to happen from there. He, he's on standby with PSG. Um, Saudi Arabia looks slimmer and slimmer by the day, especially when you think of Messi and what he wants to accomplish. Going back to Rosario with Newell's, where it all started, well, you know what happened to Antonella's father's market yep. uh, with the organized crime and being uh, shot up, if you will. Um, all signs point to Inter-Miami. All signs point to Miami. Now, Don Garber spoke at length with The Athletic about how they would have to get creative. Back in 2007, the first year of David Beckham, it took a five-year, $250 million offer, plus an option to buy a franchise at $25 million. And there was an activation clause that he would have to play all five years for that to be triggered. Now, Lionel Messi to Major League Soccer makes sense. We also know, per that same article, per The Athletic, that Apple has a reported opt-out clause with Major League Soccer, the TV rights deal. So it is absolutely a necessity to get somebody like Messi to drive up subscriptions. Now, whether somebody like Apple comes in and offers an incentive to Messi on the back end off those subscriptions or whether Don Garber and the league open up the idea of Messi having stake ownership in Inter Miami or another franchise, Vegas, <coughs> Vegas then Something can change. But right now, does this bring him closer? Yes, look at Neymar. Neymar, yeah. Neymar is getting older. He's not a guarantee to be there uh, to help you win. Mbappe looks more frustrated by the day. We could see him at Real Madrid very soon. Why would Messi stay there? He's won everything there is to win. There's no reason to stay. People around Messi, and we have several reporters that know and actually have been reporting and are on the record saying this. Because remember, a few months back, right after the World Cup, it was actually reported by some outlets that Messi was going to extend yeah. his contract with That's PSG. Right. ESPN reporter said that's not true. He hasn't made up his mind yet. He has to wait and see what happens this season to know what he wants to do, what his next move is going to look like. I believe the things that have been going on at PSG have clearly drawn the path that he wants out. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into that he didn't see that committed. Uh, what well, we spoke in some other platforms that I, I never saw Lionel Messi truly enjoying his time at PSG. So he's now moving on to a different era. He won the World Cup with Argentina. It doesn't get better than that. That's it. What else can he achieve? What does he want to do? And he has said previously, Messi and his own camp, that living in the U.S., he actually owns property in Miami, if wow. that helps in any way. Wow. A lot all of the, players all these own properties own property. in, in, in South Beach. But I do believe that it is now on Messi's court. The ball is now on Messi's court. I'm not concerned 
about the things that Major League Soccer can or cannot do to bring him in. They're going to find a way because you have to find a way. If the opportunity is there as a league, as an entity, you have to do everything that's in your power to bring the best player in history to Major League Soccer. So again, to me, it's not a matter of if. I honestly believe, believe it is a matter of when at this point with Lionel Messi, all according to the report by The Athletic. Let's run it back, shall we? I'm All right, let's go. Tejun Buchanan, second assist in the Champions League for Club Bruges. His team was destroyed by Benfica 7-1 <laughs> in aggregate. The manager was actually sacked, but second assist for the Canadian. Second assist for our man Tejan Buchanan, one of the uh, true joys in CONCACAF with the ball at his feet in open space. The ability to skin anybody. Second assist, but a exit in the UEFA Champions League. All right, Chelsea, Borussia Dortmund, Pulisic back on the field for the first time since picking up an injury in January 5th, played eight minutes. Gio Reyna replaced injured Julian Brandt in the fifth minute. Uh, where do we start here? Two players we didn't think would feature yeah. in this game. Giovanni Reyna actually hadn't featured for the previous four games. Christian uh, Pulisic was coming off a lengthy layoff of that knee injury. They both ended up playing, Reyna being the one who played the most. Uh, a few good moments for Reyna, a very brief stint for Christian Pulisic. And yeah, one chance actually for Christian Pulisic. Matt Turner in goal this Thursday, Europa League action conceded twice in what was a really, really good game against Sporting. Yeah, the very first goal that he conceded off the set piece. You could have said maybe yep. he had something to do with there. It doesn't come off quite the way he would have wanted to, but big saves throughout the game. The second goal, nothing he could do. Somebody help him out, please. Matty Turner with another appearance. And Daryl Dika back in the score sheet, his sixth goal in the championship for West Brom. It looks like an easy finish, but you have to be there to put it away. He had an absolute worldy of an opportunity that he flicks to himself. And in half volleys, keeper comes up very big. He is feeling himself. I heard somebody call him the Oklahoma Lukaku, and that is just... <laughs> it's ooh, a great nickname, by the way. Unbelievable nickname. That's a great nickname. Again, playing the full game. U.S. Soccer News, or at least rumors, Oguchi Unyewu has been linked with a federation for the sporting director role, this according to sources of Fox Sports, the former U.S. men's national team, most recently worked as the secretary general of Belgian club Excelsior. He left that spot in November after 16 months in charge. You have talked about how important this decision is for the future of U.S. soccer, of the national teams. Is he the right man for the job? It was our colleague Doug McIntyre of Fox Sports who, who broke that report, who broke the news of U.S. soccer, apparently he being a candidate for them. Uh, he could be a candidate. That's fine. He could be a candidate. And you could say the resume doesn't stack up, and that's also fine. You could say he's too young. He's 40 years old. The resume, well, he's had two sporting director yep. stints, one in Orlando B and one in the second division uh, Belgian team. You could say it's not that strong. What you can't say or what you shouldn't do is question the man's playing career. Or, or say, by the way, which is 69 caps, two World Cups, uh, massive moments uh, in U.S. soccer's recent history. What you also shouldn't say is he should be excluded from being a candidate because he's an ex-player. Because it used to be Sunil Gulati who was calling the shots and you would scream and you would die for players, for people of the sport to run the federation in some capacity. What you also can't say is you can't lump him in as one of the good old boys. He's not, and I say this with all due respect, one of these 1990s wackos. He's not one of those, okay? Uh, Guchan Weiyu, by the way, very respected figure that's played in 
endless countries in his 15-year career. I'm talking Belgium, France. I'm talking England. I am talking uh, Italy. Italy. I'm talking yeah. some of the biggest places in the world with an extensive Rolodex, who, by the way, speaks three different languages, has an international business degree, and wants to enact change. You could also say, if you want, that he's on the board at U.S. Soccer and that is a conflict of interest. Sure, maybe he relinquishes. I, I don't know. I don't care. But take a look at what he did on that board. Enacting change, the new policies for diversity, for representation, all these different things. Stack his resume up the way you would stack any candidate up, and that is fine. But let me ask you a question here, Mal. And, and this is a bit of a rhetorical question. What if the position isn't that popular? Why, yeah. why are the likes of Ernst Tanner of the Philly Union and Peter Vermes of Sporting Kansas City not even getting out of bed to interview? Right. The job per the fiscal report for Ernie Stewart, paid 800 k Why don't people want it? Is it that JT Batson and the structure that is from him I, on down makes it where you don't have that much power and you're maybe just only going to pick the coach? And Greg Berhalter made $1.6 million, dollars, which is, thing, not, by the way. Which I is mean, not a lot of money. Well, no. So what coach can you actually pick? What I'm trying to tell you here is maybe you don't have as much power or as much effect on the game as one would like to. So, is he the right man for the job, right? Right person for the job? Show me the candidates out there. I'm just saying it's fine if he's a candidate. To me, that's the number one element to this. At least there is a candidate. Because the clock is ticking. Right. The clock is ticking. And you need to make a decision rather sooner than later. Is he qualified for the job? Maybe he is, right? What, what, what makes you qualified for this job? that you have played, that you've been a part of the team, that you have international experience, that you've managed before at some capacity, at some level. To me, the bigger news is there's finally a candidate and someone that we believe is actually interested in the job. Yeah. We still haven't heard from him yet, at least publicly, but at this point, again, the clock is ticking. So what I would say is because Mexican soccer went through the same recently, right? It is a very important job, but how much power do you have? Who do you report to? So What's going to be your main assignment, and are you going to have a voice inside that office, right? I think that's the bigger concern regarding Oguchi and Yewu personally, So, right? if I may very quickly, um, Gucci and Weyu could be a candidate that you'd say doesn't stack up to the rest of the candidates, and, and, and that is fine. But we don't even know if there's going to be a soon to be GM, or if that even is a position they're going to keep. Uh, it could be just a sporting director. That GM position, to me, was just created so they didn't have to pay Kate McGrath more money. That's, that's just the reality if you, if you look at it. So what type of responsibility will he have on that men's side, or will he have in general? These are questions that we don't have the answers to from U.S. soccer. Um, finally, I want to say one more thing regarding all this process. Um, it is very important for U.S. soccer that, yes, you have to nail your manager, of course, but the, the people that are actually going to be in control of everything that happens surrounding the national teams is, in the end, crucial. Because let's not forget, the World Cup 2026 will play in its majority in U.S. territory. And this is the one shot. This is the one chance you have to be at being relevant in the world stage. So that's why I'm, I, I, I keep insisting. It is a very, very important decision. And I was very worried that names of candidates were not out there. I think yeah. you have one right now. I'm sure there are more. I'm sure there are more. Uh, I have good news for you, Herc. USL starts this weekend. Whoa! Is that San Antonio and Oakland? Yes. Oakland. Oakland.
I hear, I hear you. You sent the kids, and I, I'm very pleased. They're in route. I hear. Oh, I, I didn't can't wait to thread them. Uh, well, I will expect. What the size same. are you? Um, large, of course. You hear that? Saturday, 8:30 p.m. Eastern, 5:30 Pacific. Catch all the action on ESPN Plus. I was so excited for this game. Friendly match. Angel City hosting my Anseps Club America. Great atmosphere at the former bank. Listen to this. Meek, meek. She gone. Yeah, there she is. Alyssa Thompson. All eyes on her. Alyssa Thompson. I was at the game every time she had the good ball. Good seats, by the way. You had good seats. Uh, amazing seats. Thank you, Angel City FC. Every time she was on the ball, you were on the edge of your seat. She was electric, did not look 18 years old. That's, that's all I'm going to say. That's exactly what you expect from someone like Alyssa Thompson. And then 17th minute, Paige Nielsen from long distance. Itzel Gonzalez with a very nice save. Yeah, I would say that tactically, Club Americo is probably better. Um, very good idea of how they wanted to play. Very well worked. Dangerous shot right there. Uh, off the stolen ball, a little knuckle for the goalkeeper. But just in general, overpowering Club America was Angel City taking advantage of the situation, of their chances, very clinical. Paige Nielsen scores inside the box. That was at the 56th minute. That's 2-0 for Angel City. Season's about to start. Club America already playing in the middle of the season. Now, at the 85th minute, Katie Johnson, Simone Charlie scores on the breakaway. And then the score, three, three nil. Alisa Thompson. This morning I kind of woke up early because I was a little nervous, a little anxious. Um, and then I went to school with my sister, um, had English. And then I went back home. I was getting more nervous as like time progressed. Um, I was just trying not to think about it that much. My dad took me here and I slept in the car. I was just thinking about the game. And, and then when I got here, I was just like trying to focus and just trying to feel like comfortable because I was really nervous. Um, and then once I stepped on the field, I felt better. And I just was like, <laughs> I felt comfortable with my teammates, and I would I feel prepared for what the game was, like what was going to happen. A lot of expectation for Alisa Thompson, first high schooler selected in the NWSL draft, youngest U.S. Women's National Team call up in five years. She's going to be a star, Herc. She's definitely going to be a star. She sure looked like it. I sat next to her dad at that game, and as a father myself, a very proud look, and everybody around just knew that there was a star in the making. Shout out, Studio City. Welcome on the show, Angel City player, New Zealand national team legend, Ali Riley joining us on Football Americas. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, let me start with this. On Wednesday night, you guys played Club America, which happens to be, you know this, my favorite team 
in Mexico. Uh, that was a Oops, warm-up sorry. game, but, but what about it's all right, it's all right. But what about the atmosphere? That was something else, right? It really was for a preseason game, the first time for our fans to be able to come out and see us to have that kind of environment from the away fans plus the amazing Angel City supporters. It was incredible. I can't say I've really been and part of anything like that, especially not in a preseason game from the balloons, the TIFO, the fireworks, that's next level. It was amazing. And, you know, we're told all the time that people don't care about women's sports. I think last night proved that is not correct. No, it was an unreal performance. Uh, also, another unreal performance. Uh, number one draft pick, Alyssa Thompson. I was at the game, Allie, and uh, I was on the edge of my seat every time she had the ball. Uh, every time she made a move, she just has an extra gear to her. Let me ask you a question. You've been around the game for so long. Uh, what does her future look like at the international level, and do you think she's ready for a World Cup? I think the future can be whatever she wants it to be. She has so much talent. She has such a good head on her shoulders. She's dedicated to her academics, obviously her athletics. I really think that she is ready for this level. So it's kind of obviously up to up to Vladko, but I think she has everything it takes to have such a long and successful career. You saw it last night and she's just getting started. She's so quick and I think she's so good with the ball you see it here i mean she's electrifying and i think as she continues to play the fans get more and more excited by her and she feels that support i think she'll grow in confidence we it's a competitive league so she'll face some challenges i think the other teams will start to target her and try to you know prove that a young player like that can't run the league but i think the sky's the limit i'm so glad that she's at angel city and i I'm still around to play with a talent like that. It was also good to see Sarah Gordon back on the field after missing the uh, last season with a knee injury. Looks like you'll be partnering up as center backs. What can we expect from that partnership? Oh my gosh, I hope I'm not playing center back, but I, I do hope that I'm in the back line with Sarah because she d has been so dedicated to her recovery. I think she is such a good leader. I think she's a great role model. She had such a good performance last night after over a year of being out. She, again, talk about speed. She and Alyssa are, are lightning, lightning quick. And I think we'll be able to press higher. I think we'll be able to have a more confident and aggressive, not just backline, but entire team because we have someone like her leading, leading the backline. Ali, another player who's coming back is uh, Kristen Press. Kristen Press, in her own right, a very good player. For a team that lacked maybe that attacking threat last season, only 23 goals, what's this team going to look like now with Press coming back into the fold and what could be a very scary attack going forward now? I sure hope so. I think last night we already saw some of the fluidity, the cohesion between our attacking players that took us a very long time to develop last season. And like you mentioned, even by the end, we still weren't a very threatening team. I don't think that that wasn't how teams would describe us. So I think now, of course, we have to mention Sydney LaRue also coming back. I think with the likes of June Endo, Claire Emsley, Savannah McCaskill, Sydney LaRue, Kristen Press, Alyssa Thompson, you can, Jazz Spencer can play, play on the wing, Simone Charlie. This is a very, very amazing attack. How those pieces fit in, how much time everyone will get, 
that's up to the coaches. It's good to have that kind of a conundrum, but I just feel like as a backline now, we've got to step it up. We got to make sure that we are not conceding as many goals as we did last year. Now that we can hopefully have that little bit of comfort knowing that we will be scoring more, more goals, but it's inspired me to make sure that, you know, I'm doing my job, making sure that I'm shutting down the wingers on my side and, and giving our attackers the freedom to really do what they do best. And that's, you know, how they play together, com combining and going to goal, crossing, going through incision. Now with Alyssa, that adds another dimension. So I'm really excited. And I think the the crowd and our coaching staff were all very excited to see that, that shift that we saw last night. Now, as a team, you've established quite the rivalry with the San Diego Wave. They got the better of you last season. And in a way, how do you change that for this upcoming year? You know, I think we have to focus on what we can control. Of course, this preseason game is going to be a fun one to see kind of that last opportunity to see where, where each team is. I think... We played a very different style to them. Um, I think it took us a little bit longer to kind of get going and figure out what style we wanted to have with the injuries we had in the beginning of the season. But I just think every time we play them, you know the environment, the, the atmosphere will be electric. You know both teams want to, want to be on top in the SoCal rivalry. But for me, I think I've waited so long for one team in California, mm. let alone Two in Southern California, I just find that it's such a celebration and having that kind of vibe just makes the game even more fun. So, of course, we want to get the better of them this season. We want to be in the playoffs. Um, I mean, great if both of us make the playoffs, but if one SoCal team is going to win the championship, it better be Angel City. <laughs> Ali, uh, usually first uh, year franchises, the expectations are tame. Uh, but now it's the second year, uh, a lot of investment, not only on the field, but off the field. And you're in L.A. L.A. demands winners. So what are the expectations going into this season? The expectations are similar to last year. Of course, we weren't able to execute what we wanted to. We want to make the playoffs and we want to have a playoff game at home. I mean, I just think BMO, um, maybe if we could sell out, who knows, get an even bigger, bigger venue. But I think it would be incredible to have playoffs at home in L.A. Um, and again, I think that the crowd, the support, the investment is there. And we want to match that with our performances on the field. So again, I'm a, I'm a process girl. I'm a performance girl. Um, of course, I want the results to follow, but I want the soccer to be even better. I want to, I want the fans to know that when they come watch us, they will see a brand of soccer where everyone is fighting with so much heart that we have so much resilience, that we are gritty, that we, we are ready to match every team's energy. And then we have the skill to go with that, to score goals, to be exciting because this team and this club is about so much more than soccer, but I know that we'll make an even bigger impact in the community, in all of the outreach we do, in the message we're sending about equity, diversity, inclusion, if we play better soccer and if we get wins. It will amplify everything. Now let's talk World Cup for a second here. I'm sure for you it's a big deal almost at 150 caps hosting the World Cup, but you've also been very vocal regarding the sponsorship of Visit Saudi Arabia. How do you navigate those two very different emotions? 
It's really tough. I think, of course, we as as players want to be able to focus on soccer. I think we look at what our male counterparts are able to do, and we are really, really longing for that day when we can live similar lifestyles. But until then, we're prepared to do the work to make sure that we are you know, living with integrity, that we are fighting for the next generations, that we, our values align with our clubs, with our leagues, and hopefully with something as big as the World Cup. So I find that, of course, as an individual, I want to use my platform, but I find that the collective is so powerful. That's something we've seen in the NWSL. That's something you're seeing now globally with players around the entire world from all different backgrounds, representing so many different countries, standing up for what we believe in, going to social media, making demands of our federations, of our clubs, of our leagues, because we want to leave a legacy that we can really be proud of. And of course, part of that is leaving the game in a better place than it was when we found it. But it's also making sure that our careers and our experiences can be the best possible. So I think for this World Cup, especially as a co-host, it is really important to me to make sure that this is a positive experience for the players, for the countries, for the hosts, um, for the fans. And again, that players feel like their values are aligned with the tournament. So I don't think there's been any um, clarification yet on, on how that certain sponsorship is going to play out but I am proud of the collective voice of the players who have been speaking out about it and demanding answers. Um, and yeah, I just hope that one day, it may be many years from now that players, especially women players can go into an event like a world cup and all they have to think about is playing their best and, and getting ready to do whatever it takes to lift that trophy. Absolutely. Very well said. Now, Mal mentioned that milestone of 150 casts from New Zealand. This was a question that was asked to you after a 5-0 loss to Portugal uh, about your emotions. And he says, well, and I quote from <laughs> Ali Riley here, it was obviously just a really shit performance. So it was tough to feel in a celebratory mood that moment. Now that you're in a much more calmer state, what does that milestone mean to you? <laughs> You know, I, I was really disappointed, and my teammates were as well. And I'm getting emotional thinking about it because that evening I had, you know, not a lot of expectations for the team, the, the federation, for my coaches to really want to celebrate something. And they made me feel so special and so respected and so loved um, for for actually, you know, achieving something that when I think about it is is pretty incredible. It took 16 years, um, but to represent New Zealand 150 times is something that makes me really proud. It's been an honor. Um, and so to now have the, the World Cup at home this year will be will be really special. But I, I do I look at my career with New Zealand and, and we have come a very long way. But I want this World Cup to kickstart something that will be even bigger and even better. And that little girls in New Zealand will have so much more opportunity than, than my teammates growing up in New Zealand have had starting of course with the Wellington Phoenix, having a women's professional team now is huge. And so to keep that growth going, to have this world cup at home, to have the best players in the world, of course, the U S having their, their group games in New Zealand will be incredible. Um, so for players to see the best players in the world 
such empowered, strong, amazing role models to see them live. I know for me, seeing the 99 World Cup final here in Los Angeles, it planted a seed for me. But of course, there weren't the same opportunities as there are now. And I just want to keep that going. So I... It, I was really honored to celebrate 150 caps, um, but it also gave me perspective and gave me, you know, added more fuel to the fire to keep pushing to make sure that the standards and the conditions are even better in New Zealand and globally moving forward. Well, it's an amazing achievement for an amazing career. That's the captain about right there. To celebrate That's the captain right there. By playing the World Cup in your home country. Congrats on that. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck in the season starting March 26th versus Gotham. Ali, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tata Martino still talking. Yes, former Mexico's manager during an interview with Tommy Arguelles was asked about the things that worried him during his time as the national team manager. And he took time to criticize a few things that happened during his time as Mexico's manager. Take a listen. Mexico tiene un montón de componentes este, alrededor del fútbol y hay que ver si todos los componentes comparten estas opiniones, esta sensación de alarma, eh, si hay deseo de que esto, incluso deseo de que esto mejore, ¿no? Sí, es decir, sí. me parece que como, como no existe en otros países, hay mucha gente con mucha incidencia, y, y yo comparto esto que vos decías de que el, el nivel de la... De, de la polémica o, o, el, o el camino de la polémica parecería empezar y terminar en el entrenador de turno, ¿no? Y creo que es mucho más, más profundo que esto. Eh, ¿Cómo es que el mercado mexicano tiene futbolistas que valen 8, 10 o 12 millones de dólares en, en la parte interna o en el mercado interno y esos mismos futbolistas no tienen salida al exterior? Es decir, en cualquier lugar del mundo que sea exportador, eh, un futbolista que tiene ese valor en el mercado interno, eh, indudablemente que lo tiene para el mercado del exterior. Entonces, después, bueno, tenemos que entender por qué Diego Laines vuelve a México con 21, 22 años. Tata Martino covering a lot of ground there. Should he get lost? Can I ask you this question? Sure. Should he get lost? Yeah, of course. Why? <laughs> I mean, 
Okay, let me start with this. Um, I don't like it that he's talking now. I don't like it. He had a chance. He spoke as well. Well, he was asked many, many times regarding the things that should change, and he was very hesitant of being this open regarding the things that he didn't like as a manager. If he has, if, if he would have been more upfront, more open regarding these issues, maybe the perception that we had during the World Cup would have been different. And I know he doesn't, he doesn't care about the perception that we have of him, but I think it was important that everything that he's been saying now, after the fact, that he shared that with the people in charge. Those people aren't, are not even there anymore. John De Luis is not there anymore. Nope. Gerardo Torrado, not nope. there anymore. Javier Ordealis is nope. not going to be there. So, I mean, yeah, he should get lost. I mean, why, why are you talking now? Stop. Okay. Stop. You got paid. You're out. Stop. Uh, here's why he shouldn't get lost. You voiced your, you've expressed your opinion on him needing to voice his in that moment. There was a meeting, an assembly of ownership groups. He got in front of all of them and told them the same things. It was reported back then, and it was reported again by our own, very own Mauricio Imai. So he's already reiterated this time and time again. I'm noticing a lot of sentiment from the general public, and most, mostly on the media side, like, oh, look at this, surprise, you're telling us something we already didn't know. Just because he's repeating it doesn't mean that it's not true. And the worst part is he's repeating it because nothing's changed. But here's the problem. The way nothing changed with Juan Carlos Osorio, the way yeah, nothing changed that's a different story. with those before him and those before sure. him and those before him. But you so know because what the bigger he's problem his opinion is? Now, the bigger problem is every time he's been asked about why things didn't go his way during the World Cup, right? It's never his fault. It's never him. I st I'm, I'm still waiting, well, I'm still waiting to hear from Tata Martino. You know what? I made a mistake. My tactics for that Argentina game were so bad. Were really bad. I made a mistake. My coaching staff, we never got to understand the players. Yeah, who, who's asked them? This is the thing, and I agree oh, with you. Oh, he was asked so no, many no, times. No, 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 listen. After, I'm, listen. Listen, listen really quickly, okay? We, we had the production meeting, and our producer, Beto, actually brought up a very great question. He's been interviewed so many times. Nobody has asked him, hey, what did Luis Chavez mean when he said before the Argentina game, they didn't know what you were you know talking why? about. They didn't know how you wanted them to play. Why has you nobody, why? when they had the opportunity to ask him, asked him? Because that the, every time they get questions like this, Tata Martino and other managers, not only him, other managers, they go, I'm not going to talk tactics with journalists. I don't do that. No. They don't do that. No, they don't do That's that. That's not tactics. No, they, they don't want to talk. Said he didn't they don't want, well, they, they don't want to talk ball. Well. They feel like journalists, when they ask the question, I they're not at the same level, and they don't want to talk ball with them. I sense a bit of insecurity so, in the Mexican journal. No, that's not insecurity. No, I'm not saying you. It's, no, it's te pongas el saco. Don't wear oh, that yeah, I am. I am wearing el saco. That's fine. I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. But I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for Tata Martino all right, all right. to go public and say, I'm sorry, I was bad. I made a mistake. I'm still waiting. Uh, now, you just heard how he expressed himself about Diego Linus, the fact that he had to come back to Mexico to keep on his playing career. Uh, Diego Linus was on ESPN earlier this Thursday, and he was asked regarding those Tata Martino comments. This is what he had to say about it. Yo creo que no hay nada escrito, no hay nada escrito y no hay nada que te diga qué es lo correcto y qué no es lo correcto. Al fin y al cabo por mí vinieron y le pagaron 15 millones al América. No, no lo hemos visto en los últimos años, ¿no? O sea, 
le vas a decir que no a una oportunidad tan grande que no sabes si en seis meses la vas a tener ahí en puerta. O sea, es muy difícil, es muy fácil decir y que si estuvo bien, que si estuvo mal. Peleamos que el jugador mexicano nunca apuestan por él, apuestan por ti, vete. O sea, en ese caso tenía 18 años, obviamente era una oportunidad que tenía, tomar, que, tenía que tomar. Si me la vuelven a poner a los 18 años y, me, y con lo que, todo lo que yo viví me dicen, te vas, me voy otra vez y si fuera la misma opción. That was also part of the things that Tata Martino said regarding uh, how much money is being paid in the local market for Mexican players. He's the exception, one yeah. of the exceptions to that rule, but clearly bothered by the words of Tata Martino. Uh, shots fired here? Absolutely shots fired. Uh, by Linus or by Tata? Which one do you want to go to? I mean, you can, I mean start whatever you want, yeah. Listen, I, I'm going to leave this last part where he said, if I had to do it all over, yeah, that's, that's I, big. I would. And why wouldn't you? And if you think for one second that Diego Linus somehow had to stay in Liga Mekis, finish his proceso for him to be a better player and then triumph in Europe, if that was going to make a difference, you're wrong. Plenty of good players leave their domestic league at a very young age and sink or swim in Europe. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but sometimes it does. But you'd rather be a young player ironing. Uh, you'd rather be a young player honing your skills Okay, sharpening iron in Europe, then waiting back and hoping I got better. They think I'm good enough. And then go. Do it again ten times over. We keep uh, Just hearing this. Ajax, not Real Betis. Well, that, I, was, I was actually going to go to that because we keep hearing this narrative that Diego Lainez chose Betis yeah. over Ajax and how Ajax being more of a development, development club, right, Uh, that would have been a better option. Maybe, maybe he didn't even make that decision. He just said it. Betis came and paid $15 million. That was a decision made by Club America. Yeah. Ajax never offered that money. Had Ajax player. offered $50 million? Well, but, but, what? Maybe it was not in his hands to decide where he was going to go. Listen, the more I hear Mexican players talking about Tata Martino, the more I feel that I am right with my criticism towards the manager. Because everything that we have said during his tenure and after his tenure, now that Tata Martino is no longer there, a lot of players are coming out and just ripping the manager. So maybe I wasn't that wrong. <laughs> maybe I wasn't that wrong. You keep wait, saying I'm wrong. Maybe wait, I wasn't that wrong. I'm not saying Tata is right for how he coached. I am telling you he's not wrong for what he said about Mexican football. Two different things. Yes. Two different things. Uh, by the way, Diego Linus, lifting, is strong. What's he lifting? He's lifting. He's strong. He's good. He's good. I like Diego Linus. He's going to do well with uh, Tigres. Uh, time to check the mentions. It is the first time that I'm part of this segment on Football Americas. Let's get ahead with this one, Herc. Ana is asking you, how do you feel about... Oh. Chris Armas getting the boot at Leeds United. Is he that bad? Hashtag Football Americas. So per reports, um, he is no longer part of the Leeds United staff. He was new part coach. of the coaching staff with uh, Jesse Marsh. Correct. He came in, new coach, new staff. That's how it works. I'm sure people would love to hear, oh, Chris Armas is bad, and that's why he's gone. Oh, Chris Armas couldn't cut it, and that's why he's gone. Look, Ted Lasso again. That's not the case. A new staff comes in, the old staff goes out. The new coach wants 
people of his confidence, people he can trust. Chris Armas isn't one of those, you know, pasa nada. Nothing happens. All right. I mean, Something this is just what happens, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's part of the job. If someone brings you to a different job and that person is no longer there, someone else is going to bring their own staff. And if you're not going to be part of the staff, then you're gone. It's as Simple as that. that. Yeah. All right. So no, no big deal. Anna, come on. No big deal, Anna. All right. We have another, we have another one? I think we do. Next question. All right. Here we go. This one is from Marvin Vasquez. Herc, Sebi, uh, our producer Beto, I'm not there, so I'm not even, I don't even know why I'm asking the question. I'll ask the question anyway. Thus far, what has been your favorite or coolest moment working on football? Americas, I would include Sebastian Salazar, but he's on that duty. So, we had the opportunity to go to some World Cup qualifying games. Some majority or I should say all that we had TV rights to but then we decided that this show that started off as an idea over a cerveza had the chops to not have TV rights and face off with major networks with rights and go into El Estadio Azteca and do a post game and to do our pregame the day before that whole experience in Mexico City for me was the cherry on the top of what has been just a unreal two years and I'm going to take this time right now now I work with you on the daily you know how much I think of you and how talented I think you are thank you dude two different Same languages here. I work with some very talented individuals here on air yourself Sebastian Salazar Christine Alexander who came in uh, and the countless people who have come in as correspondents but our production team behind the scenes who You can't imagine how much they go through to bring you this unreal footballing experience. The very first studio show in the States that's dedicated to you with this kind of budget that pays attention to our football, our brand. It's the thrill of my life. I'm so fortunate to be part of this and to think that this is the second year right now. Hats off to Sebastian and his lovely wife who actually made the presentation to make the show happen. To producer Beto, Rafa, Ana, Nachito, uh, Danny, the rest of the crew. Nachito Nacho. Yeah. Big time Nacho. Nacho RC. <laughs> Timmy, I know you're watching with ESPN+. Plus. It, it's been the thrill of my professional life so far, and I'm, I'm just happy to be part of it. To me, nobody asked me, but I'll say something that's very simple. First never follows. First never follows. And this show is groundbreaking. And I just want to oh! thank... Oh, wait! <coughs> Who's that? <laughs> what's going on behind that mustache? That is, <laughs> Sebastian Salazar. On, that is a terrible Congratulations sight. on the second anniversary of your show. Hey, of our show, De Lo Nuestro. Eh? <laughs> What a moment to be on with you guys. I see you broke out the big studio. Uh, we got Abuelita here in the background doing some Milagros. dishes. It's a little bit quiet. <laughs> I got to be a little bit quiet because we got a screaming baby upstairs. But uh, love what you guys have done in my absence. I've watched every minute. And uh, I think you said it well, Herc. It's been the, the thrill of our professional lives to bring folks this show. Uh, we got some footy on there in the background. I hope we don't have the highlight rights for that. But uh, <laughs> good, to be, good, good to be with you guys. I send my best from Keely and Rafael. And, uh, and, and I'll enjoy the next couple weeks of, of watching you guys from, I, from can, home. Can I ask you just one favor? See, si, see, si, see. Si. Do not shave until America wins another title. Oh, God. He's no, no, like no, me. no, 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 no. <laughs> 
steady, bro. Steady. Steady. I, this is my moneymaker. Look, uh, the reality is I haven't had one minute to shave. I don't know what they tell anybody about parenthood, but it's very, very busy. I'm going to grow it out until we come back, and then we'll, we'll see what we do. So March 20th, huh? Next there we show go, back. baby. March 20th. The man, the myth, oh, yeah. the legend. He, he sleeps right upstairs, 20 feet away. Uh, there's no <laughs> celebration without a proper cake. So I'm guessing we have a cake. Nachito, come on. We here. Have, oh, Nachito is in charge of the cake. Here we go. This is the moment. You should have never gave me a show. That's all I'm going to say. Football America is turning to. Congrats to everyone involved. As someone who is a recurring guest and a seat filler for the They gave us a show. It's a pleasure Post to be show. part of the I'm show. I'm getting that for Congrats show. to the whole production crew, to the staff, all the people Herc mentioned. And I got to say, man, props to you. Thank Props you. to you, because you you, uh, you had the idea, you made it happen. It's not easy, but uh, you're the best. You're the best, and it's a pleasure to work alongside you, both in English and Spanish. We'll keep it at that, because German, I don't know how far along are you. But congrats to everyone involved. Danke. On Danke. Monday, we're going to recap or Clásico, Tigres, America. Make sure to download the podcast. And um, Football Americas will be around for a long time. And remember, first, never follows. Here's a little bit of what makes this show the best around. I'm ready, but we're gonna do this. We tend to get rowdy, we tend to argue, so this is perfect for us. This is what we're made for. You wanted me to bring up Tigres. It, Who are you taking out then? I, I don't care. Take out, take out Chucky. Wait, we're not talking about that. I don't know what you're talking about because you're picking and choosing when it works for you. Mira, I, I say you said something, I, pro, I provide the tape. You say I said something, there's no tape. So, so you're a liar. Oh, Bruce second. Arena had a great what? season, but it's not nearly like we can't do this studio, the show in studio. I'm going to strangle you. Oh, show so the evidence. Festivities didn't work. I didn't have time to call. Shots fired. A absolutely. Wow. <laughs> you talk about underdressed. Hey, first of all, I never, I never thought I would say this word. Hurt. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I get pretty annoyed when, when after games I get asked questions that have nothing to do with the game or uh, what type don't of take into it. Yeah, you know, if a guy's had a great season and after the, after uh, the game we're, we're going to start talking about things that happened like three and four and five years ago. I, yeah, I have a tendency to right. sometimes let people know that that doesn't seem right to me. This year is crazy and... Um, I couldn't be more thankful for what I achieved. Ali, uh, are you looking forward to seeing this guy on April 9th? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see something there. <laughs> Why are you running? Message for Javier about that. You've done a lot. Centro, control, definición. Salimos! Oh, got it! Oh! Got it. Oh, pues. I know you heard after that game that I called the U.S. Men's National Team soft. And I said you were a big reason for them being yeah. soft in that game. How, how did you respond internally? I didn't. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't pay attention to that, honestly. Shh, keep this between us. If he's not using him to me, it's, there must be something that even though Gio might think he's fit, Greg isn't convinced yet when we talk about the coaching. Louis Van Gaal 
ate Greg Berhalter's lunch. Is this the greatest World Cup final ever? Absolutely. This is the greatest World Cup final I've ever seen. I actually dislike Argentina. What type of Muppet does this? Think about this. Ah, that's strong. No, it's not. Sacando el paraguas. The Sounders There's weren't even. One team the Sounders in didn't stick around one team long enough for Real Madrid to show up to the tournament. One they team. didn't even stick around Tigres. long enough to see Real Madrid one land. One team. Tigres. On. Didn't, I guess There's only one go. Football Americas. Inling announced it. What a, what a beautiful shirt. Back here on Thursday there with. Pepe, Pepe. What is that? Soccer ball? Why can't we be friends? Boy. Try to get nine seven. Last window is going to be interesting. Try to get nine seven. For you, did it live up to the hype? It did. It did.